Welcome back to our growing experiment. We're here with Jeff and Daria from Finding Polaris. So we spoke to Daria about a year ago, um, and now there's quite a few things that have changed. So we invited her back and we brought Jeff as well, and uh, we'd like to hear updates and uh, how it's going. So do you guys want to maybe give an introduction of Finding Polaris and then introduce yourselves as well? Sure. Sure. You want to do the introduction? Yeah, I can do. So Finding Polaris Wilderness Community is a nonprofit that I started about three years ago, definitely as like a heart-led passion project. And over the years, I've learned a bunch, evolved, adapted, and yeah, our focus is to provide skills for resiliency. And that looks both like harder skills. So we teach friction fire or, you know, more outdoor wilderness skills. And then also the skills are also soft, softer skills. So we have community building, truth speaking, awareness skills, really getting into your senses. And yeah, so it's a, a little bit of both, but to us, they're really not separate. And yeah, in the end, it's to provide more resiliency, more community and more nature connection um, in a deeper way than just going for a walk in the woods. And so, yeah, Jeff kind of came along and now we have a stronger team as two for sure. And yeah, maybe do you want to introduce yourself a little bit? Uh, my name's Jeffrey. Um, I guess I'm the more masculine side, I guess you could say. Um, my journey with nature connection has been more of the hiking and, and hard skill stuff, the kind of romanticized in action movies, the kind of stuff I grew up with. So, you know, the hiking, the survival, preparedness, um, roughing it. And then when I met Daria, it was more of parts I, I wanted to do, but didn't know how to do, like bringing ceremony into the practice. So making it more, um, spiritual for like whatever that means to people but making it yeah more of like embodying something more than myself so whatever that is for people some people say it's god or you know something that's bigger than us and kind of bring that piece into it kind of went full circle and balanced out my more like yang masculine side and brought the more feminine piece and then yeah we've been just trying to build off of that Yes. So uh, that, that kind of makes me think in uh, when you're saying that sort of feminine piece, that's sort of a, a receptive thing. So is that sort of what you learned was a little bit about being receptive in nature and sort of listening or uh, can you like talk a little bit more of, say, maybe learning about that feminine side as opposed to that masculine side that you embody? Definitely. So I would say I was more prone to the like like cliche just like bear through nature just crashing through trees and stuff and like you know throw on a backpack and just run for five kilometers through the woods and a lot of that stuff like i still find that fun and i love to do that but definitely the piece of like just staying quiet and maybe just sitting there and observing and taking a minute to not be so like outward and more inward. So a lot of the skills that she taught like bird language and 
just subtle things on the landscape that you're not going to pick up if you're just if you're just going out there to like like burn off all your spare energy that you have from the Monday to Friday grind and you're just going out to you know this is my weekend I'm going to go out I'm going to hike I'm going to climb these mountains and sometimes I think what I found myself doing a lot and I think what Dario went through before was the you're going out with your only purpose is like okay this is a hike it's five kilometers we do the circle and then we're done and then instead of being like going out there and maybe stopping for 10 minutes is just listening or you know going in the woods to just meditate you end up just going not stopping and you're almost just like a passerby like a visitor you're being like the tourist so you're just going you're doing the thing and you're done like okay that's great let's drive home whereas like I feel like she was more take your time don't need to rush through things like oh let's look at this let's look at that I don't know if I just trailed off but and I would also add to that for me it definitely started with that more feminine quality of like really opening up my awareness of what I could even experience. And then with that confidence, then I feel like my harder skills started to show up. So like high tanning or animal butchering or friction fire, I would say is like a very masculine thing. It's, it's like, it's hard, it's challenging. Um, and so I would say we both have both and they show up uh, in different ways for sure. Um, but yeah, I think once once you hone in one energy, in some ways the challenge to finding balance is also seeing how the other side can be expressed through you as a person. So yeah, it's nice to have both, you know, just me and Jeff who are totally two different people. And yet there's that complementary nature to how we show up. Yeah. Yeah, on the on the other side, like the feminine side, it sort of sounds like a way of knowing how to like just be in nature and sort of like be or like sort of like you're 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 being receptive and you're experiencing everything sort of as it is. Where on the other side, the masculine side, it sounds like like you 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 kept saying like you're going and you're doing this or whatever. Like there's a plan. Like it's like you're 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 getting something out of it, sort of in a way. It's um. Well, I mean, you're getting out of something out of it in both ways, but it's. I, I it's it's hard to express like the 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 difference there, but there's a sort of like I almost made it, like I thought of like uh the nature being like just just be with me, just like let's hang out, let's just let's just let's just be together or whatever. And then the other side is like no, let's let's go let's go hiking, let's go do this, let's go do that. It's almost like um I, I don't know like yeah, I'm just kind of re-saying what you said I, I guess, <laughs> but. Uh, well, I guess I was trying to say it in my own words to say I understood it, but I I, I get what you're saying, but I can't re-articulate it. I guess yeah. it's I think the like the yang part in our culture of like go out and conquer or consume or get something done that is very common, but the the yin part of like you're saying like yeah nurture like be calm like let's just chill it's almost like it's like the difference between going to Ramaco's buying all the gear and just 
going out with the purpose of coming back and the difference is like, okay, I'm going to go out there with the purpose of being out there and being like still and take things in and like the nurture versus the, like the, the, the just the going out and getting things done or, or the accomplishment versus like just being out there to be out there. And I would say like the harmony of those two energies of masculine and feminine yin yang are are in the natural world all the time so you could think of whether you know a beautiful the energy of a beautiful sunny day and what that does to you versus a crazy storm um animals show us just like the diversity of energies that can you know compare a wolf to a baby rabbit or you know like there's there's both and to me, the harmony is finding all of that. So I love telling people like, yes, we teach hard skills and there's also a piece of spirituality because for us, those two are not separate. And so we try to show up and not only what we teach, but how we teach to honor both of those energies that are, yeah, they're just present everywhere around us and in all of us too. Yeah. And that, and that might be a good way to kind of slide into like holistic living approaches. Cause that's what I feel like we're sort of talking about there. We're talking about a very integrated sort of outlook on life. We're talking about integrating the, the doing the masculine planned structured sort of thing. And we're talking about the feminine thing. That's a little bit less structured, but a little bit more about being in the experience of it all. So could you guys maybe expand a little bit on uh, a holistic living approach and, and maybe what that entails? Yeah, do you want to start? Um, sure, I guess. I don't know where I, where I start, like to relate it to what we do. So I guess a good way to be, to, to wrap it in with the nonprofit is um, making everything sacred. And if you can start off like that, then everything you do more, moving forward is going to have more purpose to it. You're not going to, you're not going to just willy nilly do things. If there's a purpose behind everything you're doing, whether it's like the, the, the way you get up in the morning or the food you eat, you know, people hear holistic and it's so much kind of built into the, I guess the diet world and then the lifestyle world. You know, I guess a lot of times the spirituality and the practical parts of nature kind of get left out. So we hear holistic and it's like, okay, yeah, I'm going to eat holistically and, and, you know, I might have these practices, but bringing it all together, yeah, it's hard to kind of summarize, but yeah, what do you, what do you bounce off of that with me? I, I think what comes up for me and just my journey with understanding holistic lifestyle or life way, I definitely had to, to tap into both extremes. So the one extreme was like being in Ottawa university, just like in the school grind and learning environmental science, but like spending so little time outside because I was in a city and still having that draw, but I didn't know the, like the trees. I didn't know truly like the rhythms of the, of the landscape in a year. And then the other side of that would be, you know, maybe hiking the PCT where I was backpacking for six months or when we lived at the land in a hundred square foot bunkie with like 
very little, like our solar system was very small, no running water, no showers, no toilet, you know, and where we really on a day to day got to see what that was like. And now I would say we're at this middle way because we were very isolated. So there's like being super tuned into um, technology, let's say in a city. And then when we were on the island, we were quite isolated. We like my phone had, I think one or two bars and we didn't have internet, super isolated, not a lot of contact with people. And now being in Sudbury has been one way for us to integrate the beauty of both. And maybe there again is that yin yang dichotomy of like finding our middle way. And yeah, being, we want to be closer to people to be able to share with people. And that's been like already, I guess we landed here, maybe like truly here in this home a few months ago and the connections and yeah, just in-person contact with people that we've had already has been so much more than what we had on the island because we were so isolated. And yet that that was also in some ways like needed for us to find our middle way. Um, but I would say our connection to nature is still present. And that's in some ways the holistic living piece. We were talking today with someone about water and the difference between tap water and spring water and how you know, we live in the city and yet we still are determined and persistent to travel to this incredible spring, probably what, once a month. Yeah. I think we, I don't even know how many liters we get, but it takes us a couple hours, three, four hours to do the full trip of gathering the spring water and we come back and, you know, in some ways to some people that might be so extreme, but for us, not only is it like incredibly clean, beautiful water for our bodies and our health, and also that connection to that spring. I mean, Jeff's been. I've been drinking from that water for like over 10 years and like made incredible experiences, you know, like meeting 90 year old couples who like the, the old man, he can barely bend over and they've got their like 12 year old grandson there helping them carry jugs of water and like, helping people like that out and just getting stories from locals there. Like, yeah. So my, my reverence and gratitude for that water is beyond what most people could imagine. Like mm -hmm. to lose that water source to me would be like, if you think of the connection that we, the, maybe we romanticize it, but what we put on to first nations people, like losing something like that is like losing a part of yourself. So we're like so intertwined and connected with this water source, like it's literally like becomes our blood within 20 minutes. So this, this clean water source is part of us. And now it's like part of our holistic lifestyle day to day. That's just, you know, we've weave that in and it, that doesn't just happen overnight. Just like, you know, eating right. We all started somewhere and you don't just, you know, you guys started growing food. It didn't just start overnight, you know, I remember my first experience, I was at my parents' house and I think I just grabbed a shovel and I went in their backyard without asking and I dug about a six by six patch of their grass out and threw it aside and I just threw some seeds in there. I'm like, yeah, now we're doing it. Now we're like, we're gonna be so healthy after this, like all the food you could imagine. And like, I got like maybe one or two peanuts or something out of it, but you know, like 
you develop it over time, but then you integrate these pieces that in a whole, it makes up like the big matrix of your holistic lifestyle. But like she said, we're in a house. It's not, we're not sleeping on the ground, yeah. but we're going to make it all work. So it's as optimized, I guess, as possible for us. And I think another piece to that is when you spend so much time in nature and you understand your, like the instinctual, rhythms in your body of being an animal in a landscape we essentially took all the parts that were like wow this actually gave us so much vitality and they're quite i would say like simple in some ways it's the quality of our sleep lighting is huge when you're in a home food of course like yeah that's a big food is a big topic but water would be one movement different like movement patterns that felt really good for our bodies all these pieces that we when you're in those those situations that are more wild they just those instincts just bubble up there's no way you don't get the awareness of how that impacts your health and then I, I would say our journey now being in Sudbury in a home is taking all those and integrating it so that's how we still live in some ways here and there's still a big part of our life here um, we still spend a lot of time outside but there's just more ease you know, versus living off grid in a tiny in a tiny space with a puppy and all those fun fun learnings. But yeah, for us that's been a piece, and for me especially, like yeah, being so extreme and now finding this this balance. Yeah. <laughs> well, that that kind of extreme in a way, like it kind of made me think of it being like a reset in a way, and 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 then another thing too the the idea that you were talking about about making things sacred again like having that spot where you go and you get your water where you make the trip for it right but even that trip that journey like people make pilgrimages to sacred places all the time right and there's all kinds of things you can do about that and you're super grateful like you mentioned when you go there and everything so that that's a sacred place you know and you take care of that place and and it, it takes care of you right it's mm. All of those things that you're talking about to me, like it really impresses on me how important it is to like have important things in your life. Like you have all these integral parts that you mentioned you're sort of putting together, right? And you're building this whole life, right? And then it's, it's a it's a foundational thing that you build all these other things on. And you mentioned now that you've come closer to community now. And that's sort of, you have a, a, pu a puzzle piece that you're inserting into this now and you're going to build on that in other ways, right? And you, you've got this already, you're, you're making things sacred and you're going to kind of continue to do that with all the things that you're going to do as you build community this way. Mm -hmm. And I, so I'd like to tell a story just so people can understand. So the gratitude piece is a big part and sometimes it's easy to forget. So I was working a job once. Um, it was during COVID. I switched a couple jobs. So I was working as a automotive mechanic. And I landed at a place that was, it was okay, paid the bills, but like just at that time, I, it was not fulfilling me. And it was just, I couldn't see the light at the end of the tunnel with what was going on in my life. And like, I was really down about the situation and I had some like physical things going on. I had a shoulder injury and, and like, a lot of things were just dragging me down. And so I would take my lunches and there was, um, a small a small trail uh into a, like a forested area 
And I kind of knew the area a bit from growing up, but not super well. But I walked back there a few times on my lunches. I found like a little creek and then little trails. And I would just get lost in the trails. Is that an eagle? And then we were getting visited by an eagle. Oh. oh, yeah. So there's these small trails there. And then, you know, I'm just bummed out. I walk the trails, try to get my nature time, be grateful and do the things. And then after a few weeks, I just found like a little spot by a creek and I decided like you know what I'm just gonna sit down and like try to meditate near this river because I've been going like I've been training martial arts and just push 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 this job is just like stressing me out it's not I don't feel like I'm where I want to be and just like the the gratitude piece was really hard and something just as simple as sitting at the edge of that lake or that river sorry and just like okay you know I know what to do. You've heard all the, the speakers talk about it. I've listened to enough uh, meditation things like, okay, just be here, meditate. And it wasn't like it just changed my life. But in that moment, those little things of like, okay, like me, just like disconnect. Phone's off. I'm going to walk in the bush. I'm going to sit here. Oh, wow. Like I hear the birds. I can hear maybe I see a snake or maybe, you know, something splashes in the water. And just something little like that in my half an hour to 40 minutes that day was kind of like what kept me going through it. So I might not have been super grateful for the situation I was in. And it it's not like the extreme of someone having to go two, three hours to collect their water. Or, you know, I used to drive like an hour. I'd drive an hour into the woods and be like, okay, I'm just going to drive, 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 drive. And when I feel like there's no more people around, I'm going to get out and I'm just going to, you know, get lost or like just be with myself and just, hike and clear my head you don't even need to go that far it's it could be as simple as going out in your garden like i know when i've had big gardens in the past that's a big thing like you just get out and you know hey lettuce say oh look how he's doing and like oh you might see a bird whatever it just like pulls you out of your thing and you're like wow i'm so grateful for this and it doesn't need to be a big part of your day and it it can be hard like a hard time you're going through but having that little like anchor point where you can pull back to and just be like okay like i got my little five ten minutes of like bliss and like okay let's go back to the grind but eventually the more you do that and the more ways you find to do that in your everyday life the more you're gonna pull out in gratitude and, and build on that practice and to riff off a little bit from that i think especially i would say i was one of those people where i felt like for me to be connected to nature, I need to be like super deep in the woods, you know, like really far. And being back in Sudbury, like even just there, there was an eagle that came by the window and the bird song around our home is incredible in the morning. And for us, our day programming is all going to be in and around Sudbury because we want people to know that like this connection, you can still have it in a city. And we're super grateful. Like Jeff knows Sudbury a lot better than me because he grew up here, but the green spaces around Sudbury that really aren't that far are also so incredible. So our programming, we're going to be hopping locations just to, yeah, I guess try out different places and especially different, you know, offerings will have, you know, better suited location depending on what we want to offer. But there's, yeah, there's just amazing green spaces in Sudbury and 
I would say even on the island, a challenge that we noticed there to be totally transparent is that the entire island is all private, not all, but lots of private property. So that ability to just go on crown land that we have in and around Sudbury versus the island was is is quite shocking. And so yeah, we want to make we want to share some of those like really nice spots to people and also teach our programs there. And yeah, there's I mean a program like the Vision Quest, we do have a more set secluded location for that just to hold that container, but yeah, we're excited to to just be in beautiful places in and around and maybe a little bit outside Sudbury. Yeah, no, I think Sudbury is like a really cool place in the way where you kind of get to have the best of both worlds. Like, I feel like we have a lot of people who are very outdoor oriented and like to have a very outdoor lifestyle. And I feel like Sudbury, you can kind of get lost if you want to pretty quickly. Yeah. And I don't know. And that, and then I, that's what I like too, where there's also the farming aspect and all that. Like we have, we have so many different kind of cool things in close proximity because we have like these smaller sort of satellite communities. And then you go a little bit further out, it gets a little bit smaller and stuff like that. So you, all the experience you could want to have in almost any size of community is within an hour, two hours, really. Yeah. Like you can kind of, you can kind of get a little bit of everything. Yeah. And like to go off the, the, the original thing you asked, one of my mentors said, you know, like if you look for the magic and everything, you'll see it. So, you know, like, when you're just walking like a footpath in the city and see like a big mushroom sticking out like under a tree, like it doesn't take much to be like, Oh, that looks pretty. Like there's something there. I don't know what it is, but like, it just brings that childhood, like, Ooh, and awe into you. So it's having, I guess the reverence and the gratitude. And then that'll just bleed into everything else. Especially if you're crazy like us. So. <laughs> and also, like sometimes I'll be walking through like a paved area in Sudbury and I'll see like incredibly medicinal plants just poking through the concrete. I mean, what other amazing analogy of of like the resiliency of the natural world and how are the medicines all around us in that? And people are just like they're shocked because they even something like foraging again, people want to be like deep in the woods, but it's like there's actually so many medicines, so much food, like maybe on your walk to work or something, you know? And it's just, do you have the eyes to see it? Mm -hmm. And that's the piece where it's like developing our senses, getting comfortable, IDing, getting, cause like there's oftentimes this like, people call it the wall of green and I'll use that especially with plants. And this also applies to like the gardening sphere, growing your own food. Oftentimes when people first come in, every plant looks like very similar, especially if you're not in it and you're just like, it's green, it's green and like kind of leafy, you know? And then you start to dissect that. And that comes with time, of course. And just like if you showed up at a farm, there might be so many different varieties and really understanding key differences. And then you get to see like patterns and trends. But with wild plants too, it's the same thing, but you almost have to break through this you're just like adding layers, adding lenses to your vision, to your senses so that you can take in more and that you're kind of constantly scanning rather than doing this. Your awareness opens up so that you can you can just pick up on more and everyone will have their own strengths. Yeah, that's really cool because I find that super intimidating to try to learn about like 
like foraging and stuff and but then when you were talking about the garden I'm like it's true like a couple years ago I would have been like you know we're growing some of this I don't know what's coming up here but now it's like oh I know what's coming up so it's kind of like you're saying you just got to kind of start learning and it'll come to you yeah Yeah, we're like all weeds kind of look the same we're just like this is not what I planted but you know it's a plant but you know it's a weed that was a big one for me too was when I learned wild edible weeds that grow in your garden and then you're like oh like this thing's kind of sucking off of this plant here but like i know that's edible and like this weed over there well i know that's edible and then you realize like okay half the weeds in your garden are either edible or medicinal so sometimes it's like well i might just leave that one like there's not really these in between everybody i'll just let him be and then you're like Okay, that one's too big, but like I know if I chop and drop that one in the compost, he's full of nitrogen. And then you learn like, oh, actually, these aren't quite like weeds like we think like in modern day. It's like this is like someone competing here, but like he's still useful. Or like, oh, look, this one like makes good ground cover, so we'll leave that one. And then like, yeah, that that like she says that um, what do you call it? Like the aperture mm. opens up so you can mm-hmm. bring in more light, and light is information. So the more the bigger you can get your aperture and the longer you keep it open, the more light you're to get in. And then it's like, okay, well, and foraging is the same way because sometimes you're out and you're like, that kind of looks like lettuce and that kind of looks like that. And you're like, well, I guess it kind of is like that. And then with the foraging piece, you kind of, oh, wow, that must be in the same family because clearly all these traits are the same. And at first you might be like, it's probably nothing. And then three years down the road, you're like, oh, that's that thing. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. And then it's like a big epiphany. You're like, I've been walking past that for years and I, I always had a thing about it, but I didn't know. And then you're like, boom, you may, just made a, like my, uh, a mentor of mine calls them allies. So when you're, when you're foraging plants specifically, they all, they, they, they're like allies. So one year you might make like three new allies or three new friends. And then you're like, oh, okay, there's my, my three new friends. And then the next year you make like three new friends. And then it just expands after that because they're not just that yang thing of like, oh, I'm going to go and consume this. I'm just going to pick this patch clean. You're like, oh, no, that's that's my group of friends over there. And I'm going to make sure they're taken care of. So they're there next year and the year after. So when I bring my other friends here and they can have some, and then it becomes like a reciprocal thing. And to add on to that, one, one piece why we love being in nature with other people is because everybody has this own affinity to different things and i i love this part so i would say like jeff and i definitely have different strengths Daria calls it out every time we do a program she's like just wait wait <laughs> wait and see what they see that we don't see because some some people so i guess like a difference in us and then ex- expanding that outward so like jeff has the eye for movement so like that eagle for example jeff you know even though we're talking to you on like on the screen like his eye picked that up and you see movement with like Oh, yeah. Well, deer, like any anything that moves in the forest, my eyes kind of just like we'll go I for go. it. Yeah. And then I would say for me, sometimes well, this happened early, early spring when not even all the snow was melted. We were on a walk and I was like, look at these beautiful. They were like the tiniest, like the lichen. I don't know, maybe like this small, these like red little fluffs. And I, I saw it just walking and my eye was like so drawn to it right away. And Jeff was like, I don't even see it, <laughs> you know? And then with that, like, you'll have people, we'll have people in the program who are like love insects or like, well, some, we- some things are just amazing that people will be like, do you see that? 
and you're like, I've walked by a trillion times, never seen that once. But like, whatever it is, the pattern, the fractal piece, like yeah. just pops out and screams to them. And like, she told me the first couple of times, like, yeah, it's like kind of crazy. It's amazing. Because everyone, it's like your gift, you know, everyone sees something differently. And it's like, wow, like I never would have seen that. I never would have thought about that. And I think that's like the strength of a community. That's the strength of a tribe or a group of people is we all have, like, we're not trying to get people to see exactly what we see. We, we kind of teach this basic foundation. And then it's like, let yourself experience because everyone's drawn to different things. And I love that so much to see what people see. Because we all have, I don't, yeah. It's when we're, we're IDing trees and stuff. And then someone's like, what's that? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> She'll be like, I'm not too sure. Never yeah. noticed it before, but we're going to look into that. Yeah. They're catching you off guard sometimes too. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> well, with uh, you mentioned that tribe piece, it makes me kind of think like everyone sort of falls into their natural role in a way when you sort of you sort of put the right uh, setting there in a way, and they sort of naturally fall into that role. And you kind of mentioned basically a classic hunter and gatherer right there. The person who sees that new little bit of growth, that little thing that you might be able to eat in a couple of weeks or whatever it is, right? And then that other person seeing, oh, there, there's there's potential food or potential predator right there, right? And it's just interesting when you when you sort of allow the the natural sort of dormant um, instincts to come out, they do, right? And you, and it's I, I I think what you maybe get out of that is like it just it feels right, like you know you just feel like like you kind of feel like there's something natural, but like you just feel like you're doing partly what you're made for in a way yeah i think that's allowing you know when we clear all this conditioning and clutter we become more more clear conduits to just our instincts and who we are and i think that well that example again is like that yin going back to that yin yang balance of just true expression that just comes naturally and i think in some ways even like the the male versus female body and our biology our physiology has two different strengths and that they're they're stronger when they can complement together yeah yeah and both very necessary too like that's that's another thing too that i hope we're starting to learn sort of as a collective people nowadays is like i feel like for a long time it was almost like the childhood argument of boys are better girls are better boys are better girls are better it's like no we both need each other <laughs> like it's, we both really need each other yeah like it's it, there's essential things that we both do that are complementary right and we're both a mix of these yin and yangs too right and they're both complementary in these different ways right it's yeah. and it's a cool it's 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 a cool tension in a way it is a tension i think but i think that's good because just like even when you build an arch, right? An arch is actually built on tension, right? It, they all lean on each other. That's tension. And that's kind of what things actually are. And people, I feel like, avoid tension because it's uncomfortable or it can be. But it's actually what builds strength, what builds relationships, what builds structure and all these other things. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I, I, to build off of that, what I find fascinating is there's a hierarchy get rid of all the baggage that goes along with that in people's minds or what we what we imagine that to mean but there's a natural hierarchy that builds in in these uh retreats and events we do because like you said if you if someone goes out there and like they're just the 
you know, their gift is like she said, it's just identifying. They see the 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 food, the forage, or you know, someone just boom, they're the person you talk to, the the shoulder you cry on. Like mm-hmm. though, it's not a hierarchy. Like you know, someone's better because if there was say ten of us stuck in the woods for a month, naturally, like you would hope we dissolve all our egos. And, you know, we give up all our childhood baggage and programming and all that. And we just, we be real humans for a second. Some, like the natural leader, it's not that they're better. It's just like the chief wasn't the the smartest or the fastest. It, it's who they wanted to have counsel in. So just like, you know, everyone's going to have their gift. Someone's going to be like, wow, he is the friction fire king. Not that we're not going to know how to do it, but he's our guy or she's our gal. Like it's going to these this hierarchy that not one person in the tribe is going to be better, but someone's going to bring their gift and it's just going to be like, oh, when there's kids around, they're going to teach that gift because they're the one that's good at it. And it might not be like, oh, I wanted to be the best squirrel hunter in the tribe, but, you know, Bill always beats me at it. But (laughs) I'm really good at catching the fish or I'm like, you know, I grow the best vegetables. It's not like an ego thing or like, oh, I didn't get to be what I wanted to be, but I found my purpose or my, my strength in this group setting. And it just naturally blooms. Like you don't have to, how's the saying go? you like, you don't have to ask a, a flower to bloom or you don't have, have to ask the grass to grow. It's just what it does. So like in a natural setting, all things being natural and holistic, those things are going to just blossom up. And a lot of people come and things they don't even realize in themselves start to blossom out in these programs because now baggage is gone, ego is gone, distractions are gone. And it's like, you see the cool little things come up. And like a, a fun thing we like to do um, with our groups is we pick names for each other. So when people come, we'll, we'll allow everyone to pick names. So we might be like, okay, what do you think we should call so-and-so? And this is after a few days. We try to make it like a tribe so it's like what's this person embodying like what are you feeling when you see them like you know what calls out like what kind of energy that they're giving off and it might just be silly it might just be like you know an animal name or it could be anything it could be a phrase and then like these names get put on us and then we like we thrive because now we've dropped you know i'm not jeffrey i was wolverine once or i was water bearer and it just then you kind of take on that energy. It's like, yeah, okay, like I can do that. And I can do this. And like, it's really neat to see people come out and like once they're out of their shell and their, their thing is building and then they just like, they become something you never thought they would, or they thought they would be. So it's, it's, that's a really amazing piece to see in the programs, how people evolve over such a, sh- a short time period of days. And then, yeah, like, I don't know. When people leave, it's like such an emotional thing. It's like, oh my God, has it been a month already? No, it's been 10 days. And like, you know, some people are crying. Some people it's like, yeah, like we're, we're going to be best buds forever. It's, so that's a really like amazing thing to see just rounding, like bring it around with that topic is like, yeah, their natural abilities and their strengths blossoming out in that type of situation. And that, that's interesting, too, because that reminds me of uh, there's uh, some stuff that I like to read that uh, actually talks about something similar to what you're saying, where uh, someone would take on a new name and a new name sort of gives you an opportunity to put on a new persona. Right. Yeah. 
And from what I understand, like person or persona, what that basically comes from is a Greek word, as I understand it, which basically means something like a mask, right? And we can all put on these sort of different personas and step into these different personas. But in the same way that say, let's say we're all participating in a Shakespearean play, and one time you play Othello and one time I play Othello, we're both wearing the Othello mask, but our Othellos will be a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. yeah. But we can both step into and embody that role. And then by stepping into and embodying that role, by trying to actually walk a mile, say, in Othello's shoes, you actually do get to take on some of the understanding of that being in some way. And it's an expansive uh, experience, I think, for the, the being that endeavors to un undertake that. So I really like that idea. I think that's really interesting because it does offer that opportunity. Yeah, and I would say when you're with a group, we're all wearing or wearing masks, different personas with different groups because, you know, get different groups of 10 people. Everyone's going to hold a different role based on what roles are being filled or unfilled. And then I think I would say it's subconscious, but then to create balance and harmony, mm -hmm. all the roles have to be played by someone. And so we naturally fill different roles. That's why when we have different groups, our names are different because it, the way we show up depends on the group and then mm -hmm. likewise for them. And it's also a beautiful way to not be super attached because someone calls you this, this name, you wear that role for, you know, a week or two, a month, and then that's it, <laughs> you're, you know, versus your name. There's like so much baggage yeah. attached to it because my mom says yeah. Jeffrey that invokes so much more difference than when she, she says Jeffrey and then like, a friend at work saying yeah. like Jeffrey, like trying to like tease me and like razz me. Like they all have different connotations. But like when you hear your name, you're like, oh. oh. But then like you have this, uh, uh, like you said, like a mask or a persona, this pseudonym that you're going by for a week. It also builds like this new level of tribe because it's like, oh, when you're this, you'll never be this again. So it allows you to drop your 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 mask and your like force field per se. You're like, yeah, like they don't know who I am. You know, I can drop all my crap, you know. They don't know I went through this trauma or you know, they don't know I'm dealing with this. I can just come here and be XYZ. I can be my persona and like, yeah, you know what? I I really like being like this. You know, like th if this was me every day, I'd feel really good. So they can step into something completely different than themselves mm -hmm. and embody this and walk away with like, oh, you know what? Like it felt really good to be like that. Or like, you know what? Like I didn't like being like that. So it just gives chance for people to like step out and try something different, but also let their guard down. Mm -hmm. And when you do that, like the more of the, the forces of nature can come and penetrate into you because you're not, you're not trying to impress anyone. You're not, you know, you're not like, oh, is my boss going to come around? Oh, is my mom coming around? Like, oh, but, you know, is the, is the, are the guides going to come by and discipline me? Like, no, because we're just, we're all just chill. We have our personas. We're all just like, hey, how do we work this every day? Like, how do we function as a tribe moving through this experience together? And it really gives people a chance to, to yeah, really grow and embody something different. And I think when you take on that persona, you almost uh, take on some responsibility and you really uh, want to live up to that name. Like when you said water bear, I don't know if that's 
the reason why you're a water bearer, that maybe you were in charge of the water, right? So then it's like, okay, I'm in charge of the water. So this is my responsibility. I need to make sure that everybody is drinking. And you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it, it's, it's probably gives a lot of purpose when you have that uh, persona. And that falls into the, the archetype piece. So mm-hmm. where people, like she said, um, there's some teachers that speak about um, like art, natural archetypes that we naturally fill. So you might be in a group and in one group, you're the, the leader archetype, but in another group, maybe you're the, 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 the nurturer or the arbiter, or, you know, you're playing a different role. And we naturally, we will naturally without knowing subconsciously, like union analysts and people speak about this, we'll, we'll fill these roles subconsciously just in the room with body language and stuff, we'll just be like, oh, okay, this is the role I need to play right now to to make this group coherent, that it's not out of control and that we're all a threat to each other in an animalistic way. So in these in these scenarios, people will just automatically fill these archetypes and they just might like, oh, okay, like, like you said, oh, I got to be the person who gets the water. Okay, I'm gonna make sure I'm the person getting water. Someone else would be like, like looking around, like, oh, I think like I'm going to be the mother archetype. I'm going to make sure, you know, food gets chopped up. I'm going to make sure we're talking about food a few hours beforehand <laughs> so people don't forget. I'm going to make sure it gets cooked. They might not be the one doing all the work, yeah. but they're just going to fill that archetype so that the group works co- cohesively. And some people just naturally fall into that role. Some people might just be the like, you know, how you doing? Like, let's talk. Like, How's it going? And some people might just fall into the role of like, okay, you tell me what to do. I'm the go-getter. I'm the, you know, I'm the doer. You need wood chopped, I'll chop the wood. And then we find these these roles naturally in in different group settings. And there's also like other roles, like the jester or the, like, the you know, the, I don't want to say shit disturber, but like the person who the is- shit disturber. Yeah, there's like the coyote kind of energy. And- there's, there's generally always going to be someone who brings that in because it, it brings lightness. It also brings curiosity. It brings the archetype questioning. Of the yeah, the fool. Like So it's really amazing if you're in a circle where people are just open to accepting every all the archetypes allowed to show up and realizing, like not taking it too seriously and that we're all just playing these roles and it changes and, you know, we can all be fools, you know? And then, yeah, you can just really get to know a lot. Again, I would say that's another experience expanding past like what you think your identity is yeah go ahead well i was just kind of thinking about even like that shit disturber role like that's actually a good thing in a way too like i can remember in high school we had a guy that was a little bit like that but it was kind of good in a way because sometimes when the guy was being a shit disturber he'd say something that was a little bit true and that's kind of why it bugged you (laughs) you know and that's it kind of shows you sometimes where maybe you're you're not as so big as you think you are kind of thing right and so, like, that's kind of good, too. And that is part of that fool, because sometimes the fool is only pretending not to know what's going on, right? Yeah. Or he's, like, he's, he's, he's just acting the wrong way, but go ahead. Yeah, there's also, like, I think of other shots, like the, communi- the comedian, the person who brings humor. You have, like, the emotional, like, the person who cries really easily. You mm-hmm. have someone who holds space for prayer and deep sacredness. And really, everyone can tap into all of those. It's just who's going to fill that role. And it's mm-hmm. and also it comes with time because you get to see and honor. I think part of expressing it is honoring that part of it of or honoring that quality, that essence. And 
yeah, to be a, a true tribe, a true circle is they all have to be able to play and dance and, and bring harmony and conflict. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they all, well, that, all serve that, their purpose in the greater whole. We don't get to 7 billion people on the planet and all these amazing things and all, because you know, there's just one type of person, you know, like we didn't all like, I'm just going to hold the hoe and I'm going to scrape the dirt and I'm going to farm the best radishes the world's ever seen. Well, you don't get a Tesla or an iPhone out of that. You know, you have to have some squirrely dude who's like, screw it. Like it's me and pigeons locked up in a room, math equations. And like, I'm just going to start throwing chemicals together. Like you need some crazy people. Then you need some like super emotional people yeah. who are like, over the top and then people are like i'm just gonna watch these people and like write about it like you're not gonna get a shakespeare and all this stuff if we are not there's not all this like spice to life and variety in all these people you need that all like as as seven billion people on the planet we're all these things but you kind of need all of that circu circulating at the same time for this to stay together or else it would just be unbalanced and we would we'd collapse right away. Yeah, no, there's there's a couple of people who talk about ideas like that. Like uh, an old story out of the Bible is the story of the Tower of Babel, right? And it talks about basically everyone being united together. They all speak the same language and they're building this structure so that it could reach to heaven. And so you can sort of uh, allegorize that as saying like they have great technology, something that rivals say godhood in some sort of way, right? And as they become more and more alike, there's something about building that structure and being more and more alike that the forces of nature, in this case, the angels, right? They come and they scatter the people and then all of a sudden they can't understand each other. And we think that it means like all of a sudden uh, we were both speaking English and now you're speaking Portuguese and I'm speaking Swahili. Like yeah. it's not necessarily that, but it might be the case that we're all talking to each other and we think we're the same, but we're actually not listening to each other or understanding each other. So there's no communication anymore. And so the people that were all one start to go their separate ways because they can't even, they can't even understand each other anymore. Even, even though they're in theory, the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. That's kind of, I guess that's what role we fill in a niche of nature connection pieces that, not that it's some big evil plan or blah, 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 but there's almost like a group think moving forward in this technology and things kind of grow toward a Tower of Babel, for your example, where this, this thing is rivaling the power of nature and the more we play with nature and stuff like that, it's like this group thinking like, yeah, yeah, like this is the way it's going to be. And everyone kind of just nods it says let's go ahead and it keeps moving ahead we kind of like oh no those things like those archetypes no 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 that's not a thing or like you know this is not a thing and then it, it separates us more and then when whenever that tower starts to shake or or something happens there's a rift in the world like we're gonna have to go back to those individual things and building back up and that's i think where we fill a, a role moving forward in the world is like, let's bring people back into nature because that's where we're all from. And no matter how, how good technology is, uh, one of my mentors says like, you might have a picture of a tree on your phone and you think it's beautiful, but you don't have to water it. You don't have to care for it. You don't have to go talk to it. You don't have to love it. It's always going to be there on your phone. But 
the tree outside, you have to water it. The animals have to go there. They have to live under it or, you know, poop near it and fertilize it and grass needs to grow near it. And it needs to be hot or cold or whatever it needs. And then bringing people back to, to nature and be like, Hey, let's, let's build our life base off of this, this thing that we know to be true all over the world, no matter what there's nature and there's forces of nature and bringing people back. Like we can have the iPhones, we can have all the technology, but let's learn how to operate with this as our base moving forward. And then a lot of the, the things that hold us back as humans start to fall away. Your stress, your anxiety, like, I think we can all live here and prosper and live amazing lives. But if, you know, if we're anxious and nervous or angry or spiteful or regretful or all these emotions that are natural and okay, but if we're carrying that through long term into a dis-ease, and it becomes not just like now it's just a daily burden. Now it's like it's growing and growing and growing. We need to get back to like resetting ourselves and, and living in like to holistic. I hate it because it's 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 a good word, but it's been it's been trampled on so well. But like, yeah, having a holistic living, you can go ahead with your job or with your iPhone or with technology or living in a city and feel better, think better, make better decisions. And when, when everyone's feeling better, thinking better, uh, like happy, loves their neighbor, loves their friends, loves themselves, we're going to have a better world no matter what. doesn't matter if, you know, everyone's staring at their iPhone for six hours a day. If, if those kind of baseline things are operating, we're going to move into the world. I guess I would assume that everyone wants to see. Like we don't want to get rid of our technology, but we want to live with it. But everyone in health and prosperity and happiness and all the you know good tag words you could put on an Instagram post. Yeah. And like what you're saying too, it's kind of like in a way to use that sort of tower analogy again, it's like you're looking at the foundations. You're like, all right, all this stuff down here is super necessary and really good. And it's really important. Now we go another layer up. Most of this stuff is really good. We can kind of change out a couple of these pieces, maybe. I mean, I don't know. They're they're doing something, but they're good. And then you can kind of look as you go up the structure, like, okay, well, this part here, I don't know how much we need this part. This part might be actually kind of uh, weakening the structure. We could actually probably strengthen the structure in some way here, right? And so when you're when you when you look at the foundational skills and the the foundational ways of being. And then you reintegrate that, like you said, into our modern world. I think you probably can alleviate a lot of the sort of ails we have in the modern world because you're changing the way that you're sort of looking at it, right? You're like, oh, this is kind of silly. Or or just because like when, like say you get the training that you guys are offering and you have that sort of a uh, little more awareness or you're paying attention a little bit more or you see a little bit more you can't help but see it differently, right? Like you're, you're not looking at the same thing anymore. You're looking at it in a different way and it, it takes on a different, it's, it's, it's a different thing now. It's not the same thing anymore. It just, it's been changed. And yeah, I think an example that's coming up for me right now is we we're becoming disembodied through the overuse of technology. So, I mean, I didn't like take the, the Fitbit thing that you put that like tracks your, I think it does like heart rate or steps or something or take um, what would be in like things that like monitor your sleep quality at night or what would be another example of like outsourcing. Now we have like 
these technology devices that are telling us, you know, what, what how we feel throughout a day or like our stress levels throughout a day or our activity or how we're sleeping rather than developing those innate senses so that I like, I know when I have a good sleep, I don't need this technology, what's it called? The whatever, it doesn't matter what, there's so many out there, but I don't need this, this tech thing to tell me how I'm sleeping or I don't need my Fitbit thing to, to tell me how many calories I'm burning a day when you're, you're losing that ability to truly track that yourself. And yeah, I would say, well, Daria loves rip on this stuff. I'm very much, I, I'm not a super techie person. I would say I'm more in the woo woo health, uh, realm of things. And I embrace a lot of, um, health technology and she's kind of opened my eyes to maybe like where there I've wanted like some wearables perhaps that monitor your HRV and your, uh, you know, different parameters, uh, your sleep scores, different stuff like that. But then as I thought about it, it's like, yeah, why am I surrendering my ability not to say that it's not right for everyone. It might be a great start for someone, but then I realized like, okay, like I can put in the work to be more in tune with my body to know whether or not last night's sleep was great or not. And sometimes that's not always the case. So it's like a, and she would agree. It's a, it's a, it's a balance. Cause I've done it before where work, working out, go to sleep, repeat the next day. And, and almost as you push an extreme like that, you almost turn off the, the, the meters and gauges to know, like, am I pushing it too much? Just cause you're like, humans are great at overcoming things, adversity, adversity or just about anything. So it's easy to say like, I will turn this off to achieve X, but in doing that, you know, I'm blunting my ability to sense what's really going on. So. You know, it could be as simple as oh, I have like good... blood glucose yeah. or someone who's diabetic. Like if you're really deep in tune, you're going to know when you start to feel like shit after eating a candy bar or a meal. Like if you feel, oh my God, I'm feeling sluggish. And that's where a lot of like the early health stuff that I was into was all like diet logs. Write down what you ate, check your heart rate, write it down 30 minutes after what you ate, check your heart rate and do a food diary for a month. And literally mark down every food and what your heart rate is. Now it's been expedited to you can wear a wearable and find out did you have a good sleep? Was your sleep good? Where you, you know, if you're more in your body and, and not surrendering yourself to this technology, you can just check in with yourself. And it might might be stupid at first. It might just be like, hey, uh, did I have a good sleep? Oh, this is dumb. Like, oh, oh, why am I doing this? Oh, okay, I think I had a good sleep or I didn't have a good sleep. But over time, that might turn into a, like I said, like a spiritual gratitude practice with yourself where it's like, oh, yeah, like I really had a shit sleep or I really had a great sleep. And I would say, so one of the topics we teach is animal tracking. So you're you're learning to observe patterns and also be in the mystery, whether that's a physical check on the on the ground or signs in landscape. And you're doing the same thing with your body, I believe that that tracking is like the original scientific 
method, for you know, for lack of a better word. But it's that constant pattern recognition, observation, taking in, being open to all possibilities, and then in some ways choosing, you know, what is most likely. And in some ways, there's always unknown. But one of like that inner tracking that we lose with technology and just culture, the, the biggest and obvious example that I love to use is as kids, if we're in a class and we have to raise our hand to, to go to the washroom, what happens is we actually turn off signals because we're like, I can't pee right now if I have to pee or like I have to, you know, take a poo and I can't go right now because I'm in this setting. And so our bodies tighten up. And if you do that for years, what's going to happen is that you won't, you're, you won't even be able to listen to that signal in your body because it's been shut off. And now extrapolate that to like everything smell. Yeah. To everything, but to like smells, some people not even under or like being able to track how different foods you mentioned influences their body. Um, Women's l- menstrual cycles, you know, like there's so many, yeah. you could just rhyme them off. I'm sure. So we've, so the the technology in some ways has, and culture, I would say it's both, but has just desensitized ourselves. So part of the practice is, is reconnecting with that because well, especially when you go through like health history, you start asking people these questions, very specific examples of their direct experience in their body. And some people have never even tracked that. And it's, that's pretty fascinating. And so when you start adding those layers, which, you know, we do out in nature, and then ideally that just translates to your entire life. And yeah, you just become more embodied, more aware, and then that just ripples in so many different ways. That's awesome. Um, it's, it's been really great talking to you guys. We're coming up on time here because we got to go and take care of the kids here. But uh Thank you so much for talking to us. And it was great to hear and catch up with you guys. So uh, if people want to get in contact with you guys, they want to experience your programs, uh, how do they go about that? How do they get in contact? Yeah, so I would say the best place is our website, which is findingpolaris.org. We are on Instagram and Facebook. But if you want to really read about our programs and see what we're offering, definitely go to the website. And yeah, in short, we have day programs throughout the the summer in Sudbury and then at the end of the summer we're building up to some longer term more where there's yeah there's just more depth of an experience of an offering uh than what you can do in a day so yeah I would say the website yeah yeah all right all right thanks so much thank you guys